on Berry Flow Upstream number 48. How's everyone doing? We're here with Chris, editor-in-chief of Crackberry.com, Brandon Orr, this alleged infamous developer, BlackBerry 10 developer, and as well we have uh, Alex Bass of Cyber Bytes Designs. How's everyone doing this evening? Doing good, good. Doing well. We don't managed to, uh, I managed to just get, get here in time. I was uh, out of town for a uh, graduation, and I was like upstream, so we sped home from Cleveland, Ohio to New York, and I'm here. So, hey guys. Yay! Alex <laughs> made it. I really didn't think Alex was going to make it, so I'm kind of impressed. I'm kind of glad you, glad you got your family to like break the speed limit just to get to upstream. <laughs> That's much appreciated. Hopefully there are no cops watching this. No. <laughs> and did you see any blackberries during your trip? Alex? Oh, I, I, <laughs> we were at a truck stop, a really nice truck stop, and <laughs> a guy was in the stall over to the left, and he was doing his business, but I heard that ding, that infinite ding. I knew he had a blackberry for sure. He's probably a, a big trucker guy or whatever. Part of me was happy, but it smelled so bad, I just get out of there, so... But it was... It Are was you sure that game was from a mobile device, or, like, the, the turd dropping? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely a legacy BlackBerry, it sounded. Actually, tying into that, uh, a lot of truckers and a lot a lot of truck companies actually provide BlackBerries to their drivers, oh, and they well, double on as, like, a, as a GPS device. Um... I guess you can do that with most mobile devices, but a lot of truck companies, they, they started when, when BlackBerry was really big back in 2008, and they've just kept them around. They still use them. So when you see a lot of truckers out there and you see them with like BlackBerry, it's usually because the companies are actually using that to, to track them and to, uh, okay. to manage their fleet. Interesting. Well, that makes sense then. Definitely makes sense. It's, it's funny, though, that that ding was pinked up. And, and it's funny, I think we talked about it on a previous upstream where iPhone users were trying to, like, buy that sound. Yeah. <laughs> Made, I guess, ever more popular by House of Cards. I don't, I don't know why they want us to talk about Gotham. Have you guys actually seen Gotham? I've seen it very briefly. I think I've seen, like, the first season. I watched uh, a few episodes of it, and then I fell off watching it, so... I'm watching uh, Flash and The Arrow. Those two are... I'm liking those two. The Flash is probably my favorite one, just because the Arrow's a little bit too serious now. It's like, all right, is he is he gonna you know do something Felicity or not? You know, it's just too, you know, too much character development in that show. That's what I was watching. I was watching Gotham, Arrow, and The Flash all together, because basically it's all from the DC universe. So, but then I stopped watching all of them, and I gotta get get myself caught up on them all. See, I started watching some of those shows, and then I watched Daredevil, and I was like, well, that's all to the side now. I'm not going back yeah. for that. Daredevil like, kind of raised the bar for me, at least. I really like the the bloodiness of that show, to be quite honest. I don't know how else to put it. It's just very visceral. The it definitely thing I didn't stuff. like about Daredevil was like it, it, it was like a little bit too slow. Like It, it dragged on, and I don't want to – where it is still fairly new, I don't want to ruin any spoilers, but it's just like – Come on, just hurry up and get to it. Get to it. And I was like, when the end came, I was like, yes, finally. See, that feeling for me was kind of watching Breaking Bad. Everybody's like, oh man, it's a dope show. But then it's like, I don't know, when, like around the, like, uh, after the first season, every season after that, it was like all the, the beginning shows were just kind of setting up for the end. And then the end was like, whoa. But then all the other shows leading up to that were just kind of like, okay, like, I see where this is going. Let's, uh, all right, we're getting there. And then the final episode just blew your mind. Yeah. I feel, I feel like that's how Upstream's episodes, like, they're... <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you've been pretty quiet through our little chatter about the shows. You watch anything uh, maybe worth sharing? Well, I mean, I, I recently started watching Last Man on Earth. Um, my aunt was really trying to get me to watch it. It's, it's fairly funny. It's about a guy who is the last man on Earth, and um, you know, obviously, he he does he has free will to do whatever he wants because uh, the flu wiped everyone out. And then there's some character development where there's then ends up being the last woman on Earth. And I'm not spoiling anything. This is literally like the first or second episode, um, but she's the most annoying person you could have ever met. So it's a really funny show. I highly recommend. They're on the first season now on Fox. Just go check it out. It's it's pretty funny. What's the name of it? Sorry. Last Man on Earth. Oh, okay. 
I've seen trailers for that. It looked kind of crazy. I'll check. I'll check it out now because you said something. It's pretty funny. I it's I was skeptical at first, but it's pretty funny. Alex has got like that thousand dollars from from the television company, you know, <laughs> <laughs> to promote that show. Oh, I wish. Oh man. That's how he's that's how he's buying his blackberries, guys. <laughs> Box <So>. endorsements. <laughs> That seems like the most backward kind of endorsement to get for a BlackBerry device. <laughs> Alex, so you you were in, you're in Columbus, right? You have a Z30. What was the experience like? I mean, how long um, were you there? So I I essentially left yesterday um, to and I just drove back this afternoon. So I I we stayed at some really shady hotel. Oh man, it looked like people were gonna fall out the windows and there was a big rave going on. But it was cheap, so it worked. But uh yeah I mean That's like I really tell <laughs> <laughs> exactly um but I, I didn't see any other blackberries I, I was there with my uncle and he also has a Z30 but it's still on 10.2.1 um so it's pretty old but his battery life outlasted mine I think I have way too many apps eating away I'm on the the 10.3.2 uh 6.8.3 or whatever the newest beta battery life was terrible for me but I again I think it's because I have way too many apps. You know that something is probably draining it, but I didn't see any Blackberries. My cousin actually, I sold him on Blackberry a while back, and he loves it. He just unfortunately told me he switched to Android a few weeks ago. He said he misses the messaging a lot, but he said the apps he just had, you know, he had to do it. He has a girlfriend now. They Snapchat a lot, and there's there's enough reasons where he just needed the apps. Um, unfortunate, but he does miss Blackberry, some of the key points of messaging and everything. Another one bites the dust on Blackberry yeah. fan thanks to Snapchat. Chris, you and I were talking a while back, and I, and I find the same thing on Berryflow, that one of the most searched things on the site is Snapchat. I yeah. wonder what it is with Blackberry users and Snapchat. Yeah, I don't know. Like, um, I was going through some of the statistics for Crackberry, and basically... All last month, all throughout the month of April, the top top searched application basically was Snapchat. Like the top three searches ended up being Snapchat. Wow. And, um, you know, mostly mostly because of the fact that people had Snapchat working before. At yep. least this is how I, I I see it, anyways, from my level. Um, <clears throat> people had Snapchat working before, either through like you know the the, the original application Snapchat or through the various applications that have been created specifically for BlackBerry 10 devices, but as everybody knows, those applications were, you know, they stopped working. Snapchat blocked the actual application, and, uh, you know, Nemery's app stopped working at that point if you logged out or anything like that. So, you know, I think, I think that comes down to it, that people were actually, like, searching for ways to get Snapchat back on their device, and... As we know, there's not really, not really any sort of official way to do so. There is one app called Casper yep. out there that will allow you to access a bunch of stuff, but even yeah, though I, it's, it's kind of I, a sketchy application that you probably don't want to mess with anyway. I, I actually have it installed. I was one of the people that I'm an <laughs> idiot and I logged out simply because I my mind was all screwed up. I was like, oh, I want to I, I want to change my name. I want to see if like the the name A Bass is available because right now I'm using Flip for Bytes. So idiot me logs out and I try and create an account and it gives me error and then I try and log back in and I can't and then I started looking at Crackberry and there were 50 threads talking about it and one recommended Casper you have to put in like your Google login number information and your Snapchat login so it is a little bit sketchy um, but if you just use a specific app generation password through Google then you could always just deny it if you it's, it's not like you have to genuinely give out your password. And it works all right. It's very slow. Viewing stories and things sucks. I don't. I haven't touched it in a few weeks now. I like. I've removed myself from Snapchat for the last, you know, three or four months or so. I just don't care about it anymore because there's really no good solution. So whatever. But really focused on Fling and Tinder rather than. Dude, Snapchat. I. <laughs> I really have not been touching anything. Surprisingly, I've just nothing I, at all. <laughs> I not really, honestly. I have my work apps. I've been downloading a lot of Android apps for for work, and and luckily they all work on BlackBerry. So I lucked out with I that. I think I figured out why your Z30 battery life is uh, pretty probably poor. your trip to Cleveland. Yeah, That's you visiting some uh, some video intensive sites there, Alex? 
I was with my family, sir. <laughs> no. I think this is the telltale sign, Alex, where you need to go get a BlackBerry Leap. Maybe you fly over to Hong Kong, go buy one, help the market uh, increase of devices over there. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about the right. uh, Snapchat, though, I mean, what Snapchat's doing is what they should have been doing from the beginning anyways, just looking at someone from the outside in. Um, their whole service relies on people ha like having that bit of trust uh, when they send an image or something to somebody else. And if there's other programs, third-party applications like that, that can do things with the Snapchat API, um, there's going to be issues where you know that data is going to get out. I mean, it's not the most secure thing right now, but I think they're just they're trying to adhere to some of those concerns and trying to alleviate some of that stuff there. But in terms of what it means for BlackBerry users, I mean, the Android APK works. It's a matter of the fact that they just, they, like we've seen with Netflix and other companies, they just don't bring it to the Amazon App Store, make it available for BlackBerry customers on BlackBerry World, and it's just a shame. Yeah, I mean, you when you install the app, you open it up, it can, like, it, if you look closely at the application, you can see that it works and everything works. Especially people who have used it before know that it works. It's just that it's being blocked by Google Play services and whatever else Snapchat has done on their end to be able to go ahead and detect which device it's actually running on, and then they disable it. They're like, ah, oh, no, you're on a non-supported device. Sorry. Which yeah. is just plain stupid. I don't. I. I mean, I get the reasoning for it because, you know, a lot of people will download an app and then if something doesn't work right, then they go ahead and they email Snapchat when, you know, Snapchat has nothing really to do with it because basically you're using it on an unsupported device. But still, I mean, why not just let it go through and ignore those people who do have problems? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like there's so many companies that just put an application out there and if people download and it doesn't work they'd simply say oh it's not supported if that happens and if it works fine but I mean I don't understand why they would end up blocking other um, devices um, that aren't supported if they're not supported just let them have it whatever if it doesn't I, work their problem you know what, you know what I, mean? I, I think this I just the interesting thing maybe they might be enjoying this little hype that it builds the fact that even like having BlackBerry users and Windows Phone users complain about it, it gets the word out there constantly talking about it, and it could be a really screwed up kind of marketing avenue for them. Like just you know, no news is bad news. Even people complaining the fact like it's showing the hype for it. Like we're complaining because we want it, so more people talk about it. Like I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying that, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean that's not. That's not out of the bounds either. I mean, I've thought of that before. I'm pretty sure Snapchat has thought about that before because, yeah. you know, like you said, everybody's talking about their application because they can't get it. But so, you know, that that in its own creates its own hype. But is Snapchat the type of app that if you've been using it for the past eight months and you have your BlackBerry or Windows Phone, is it the type of app that you're going to say, oh, it doesn't work on my device, I'm going to switch devices to use it so that Snapchat keeps you as a user? Um, hey, so if your girlfriend threatens things. to leave you, then you, <laughs> oh, then yeah, you, you have bigger issues than <laughs> that's going on, you know? Uh, but but the thing is, the solution nice. to those big issues is something so small, like Snapchat. Yeah. Like, it really is. I've known plenty of girls who are like, you're not on Snapchat? And I'm like, uh, let me get on Snapchat real quick, you know? <laughs> it's funny because Alex is complaining because he logged out. I'm logged in on both Passport and Classic, and the app still works fine. Old version. Yep. It says my account is locked, but I can still use the app in full for posting and uh, receiving stories and, and the like. So, uh, Just don't ever log out. <laughs> exactly, right? Or don't accidentally like long press and uninstall the application. Yeah. But um, it, it is an interesting kind of conversation in terms of whether Snapchat is kind of doing this more to proliferate their, their own selves. <clears throat> kind but of something to push users to one platform when your app could work. It's not like they can't get it working for BlackBerry 10. Uh, I just want to make another note, too, is that we're not just seeing this from the company side, from Snapchat. Snapchat. We're also seeing other apps where you know Google services is really taking its hold on the entire Android ecosystem. And what we're seeing with a lot of APKs that previously used to work, when they're updated now, there's this new requirement for certain Google services to be included in apps. 
and a lot of apps that used to work aren't working anymore on BlackBerry 10, even though they used to work. And it's just, it's just annoying how this whole, like apps that like technically can work, but it's because there's a whole bunch of you know red tape or like done around these ecosystems that's kind of holding us back. You know, and it's funny because some of these apps are totally fine, and they do at times um, request Google Play services. Here's a perfect example. I have QuickBooks. I just switched over to QuickBooks for my business, and here's like my uh, client list. So when I click the client, then if it'll load, see Google Play services because there's a location option, and I just click OK, it goes away. The app is fully functional, but this location button does not work. Yeah. So the app is fully functional. It's just saying, hey, you need Google Play services for this specific feature. So essentially, we're letting you know the feature doesn't work. Uh, you can still use yeah. the app, though. But then other apps, like, block you out. Like, you don't have location services where you can't use the app. And that's and, just ridiculous. Yeah, and that's the exact same thing that happens with me. I use Nike Plus. Uh, it's an Android app for, for running. Just because I used it, I've been using it for six years already. So I like to have all my runs in one location. And essentially, like, two months ago, it was working, mapping my runs perfectly fine. All of a sudden, they added Android uh, or Google Health integration or Google... Uh, watch integration and all of a sudden now all their maps are done through Google services so now it tracks my run but it can't actually map my run because I don't have Google services and it's just like come on man like it, it worked it just I don't understand it well I understand it it's just it's just a shame that it, that it happens yeah there's a lot of little lapses there and I wish maybe Blackberry did something to maybe integrate their own services to fill in some of those gaps like Blackberry maps and and other things, it, and you can imagine that kind of integration will come. I've seen a lot of BlackBerry users like talking about Fitbit, talking about wearables, and wanting more access. This is BlackBerry employees, so you can imagine that proliferates over to the users as well because we want that stuff, obviously. So I think something will come along the pipe, be it a you know a runtime enabled, uh, you know, lower Bluetooth energy to be able to get us some of those connections, or maybe patching some of those services. Yeah, John Chen, you know, he mentioned a few weeks ago, he's like, the app gap, we're, we're doing something to alleviate that app gap. So, I mean, one of those options potentially um, could be to have some type of measure in place to to take those Google services or, or what have you and kind of replace them with BlackBerry services. Well, some of that's supposed to be in place already for like, especially yeah, with yeah. mapping applications and stuff like that. That stuff... That stuff is essentially supposed to switch over to BlackBerry Maps API, isn't it? I'm pretty sure that's the way it's supposed to be. But... I think it's older, version 2. Point something and below. It'll, it will do that, but if they have a newer Google Maps version, uh, API version in their apps, it won't. So, I mean, that's another update that will have to be done. As we've seen over the years, uh, BlackBerry has updated their Android runtime, and I think uh, in order for those apps to kind of have those slots filled in with BlackBerry services. We're going to have to see another update. Um, it's just a question of whether that will happen or whether something better than continually having the catch-up will be put in place. Yeah. Hopefully it's not a catch-up game. Hopefully we can actually get ahead of the curve in terms of applications. That's something I know I've been waiting for. People see the Passport all the time. They, you know, they see any BlackBerry device and like, that's a BlackBerry, what? Is it Z30? You know, whatever it may be. And you got to, you know, the first question they're going to ask is like, well, did they ever solve that app problem they had? Because they had <laughs> none, right? As Instagram and like Facebook and all these like really popular applications started taking off, BlackBerry kind of just stayed where they were until BlackBerry 10 came about. So I'm definitely would be interested to see maybe some kind of refinement on that front. How have you guys been in terms of your actual Android runtime app like experience? Like, Alex, you've been on Z30. Do you notice, yeah. like, a, a noticeable lag when you run apps as opposed to maybe Brandon or a Blaze on a Passport? Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm using, like, honestly, um, probably the most used apps on my phone right now are Android apps. And for the most part, they run really well. Starting up takes a little bit of time, uh, but once it starts going, it's it's not too bad. But, again, the apps that I'm using are very, like, information-focused, like, uh, you know, Harvest, it tracks my time. It's really just like click a button and then it'll start tracking my time and nothing too overly complicated. But once you start getting into the more complex apps, then it'll take some time to load and everything. But it's very fluid, good enough where I'm not complaining. Um, but 
you know, I, I would like it to be a little bit smoother and quicker. It's just, it's not too big of a deal right now in the Z30, though. But You know what? The I find using, like, over the over the years of having BlackBerry 10, when it first started, I wouldn't even look at using an Android app because the experience was just so, yeah. so bad. And, and now I think, like, BlackBerry's really on the cusp of, of being able to provide uh, a decent um, solution for those for those Android apps. Like uh, I was telling the the Berryflow group a few days ago, um, my work gave me a Fitbit as part of a pilot program, and the person presenting was like, "Oh, the uh, BlackBerry isn't supported by uh, Fitbit," and I'm like, "Okay, let me check the Amazon App Store." And so I downloaded it right on the spot, and I was able to sync through Bluetooth my Fitbit. Um, with my BlackBerry 10, so I was like, yeah, this, this app does work on BlackBerry 10. He's like, oh, okay, and then he told everybody. But it's like they're really on the cusp of really getting those apps to work. It's just a matter of filling in those small gaps, like we, like we mentioned, Google services, and, and being able to plug in those holes so that it becomes a, a, a comprehensive solution as opposed to a stopgap measure. Right, so for your Fitbit app... It's an Android app, and it has to be open, right? Or does it have a headless ability where it works whether the app is open or not? Uh, the way I use it basically is just like um, at the end of the day, I'll just open the app and then sync it, and that's it. And then the, the information is all stored on the, the, little, the little Fitbit dongle. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't believe it's, a, it's able to have a headless functionality, uh, which is one of those things where it's, you know, um, notifications are a big thing. There's a lot of people I know who are like, "Oh, this is great! Like, uh, this app works on my BlackBerry, even though it's an Android, uh, even though it's an Android app." Uh, but the issue is that they won't get notifications. So, for people previously who used Snapchat, I know for a lot of those people, it was a pain that they couldn't get notifications sent to them, and that they had to keep opening the Snapchat app to check whether messages mm-hmm. came in or not. And I think that's one of those areas, especially notifications and, and headless functionality that, that does eventually need to come if they want to provide a comprehensive Android um, alternative for apps. Okay, Mark. Yeah, Blaze, what about you? I was, I was interested to see, because you play around with a lot of devices. I mean, what's your experience like with the runtime on BB10? Yeah, my main concern with it now isn't it's not necessarily how the apps run or anything like that. The ones the ones that do work really do work nicely. They've improved a lot throughout, uh, you know, basically what what the Android runtime once was. Um, getting it updated to at least a newer Android makes the apps look a little bit prettier and everything like that. Uh, my main concern comes from, I guess you could say, the experience from device to device because, you know, as we know, like the BlackBerry Leap is using somewhat older specs and stuff like that. So that's where my concern comes from is because on the BlackBerry Passport, the Android apps run really quick. They load up nice and fast and, you know, they're accessible and really nice and fluid. However, when you actually go to, like, say, a BlackBerry Leap or a BlackBerry Classic, that's where you start to see some of the differences between the Android applications. Like, the BlackBerry Leap will load it up a little bit slower, or the BlackBerry Classic will load it up a little bit slower than what the Passport does. Um, and, you know, there's, there's always that question about whether or not the specs matter on BlackBerry 10 devices. And when it comes down to, you know, saying, like, do specs matter in terms of BlackBerry 10... No, I don't think that specs matter in terms of BlackBerry 10 native applications or anything like that. I think, you know, it's reasonable to say that all these devices that are out there, you know, the Classic and the the Passport and the Leap and so on, are all on par when it comes to native applications. It's just that when it comes to Android applications, that's where you start to notice the difference, and that's where I think BlackBerry should pay a little bit more attention because... Or at least put put more RAM in some of the older devices, not necessarily older devices, even like just the basic devices like the BlackBerry Leap and the BlackBerry Classic, because, like I said, opening a Android application on the BlackBerry Passport is a very different experience than opening an Android application on the BlackBerry Leap. It's a little bit slower, a little bit sluggish to load up, and you see those differences. Now, of course. Only a person with all of those devices is essentially going to notice that. But 
it's still there and it's problematic, at least from my standpoint. When I when I when I go to recommend a device to someone, I'm gonna recommend a password because I know what the experiences are in terms of loading Android apps and applications like that on the passport versus the leap or the classic or Q10, Z10, Z30, whatever. Really makes me kind of wish and want for that, like a, just an all-touch passport. Be it be it a 16 by 9 slab that looks like a leap. I mean, I take it. it yeah. really, that performance is, is great with the 3 gigabytes of RAM, the better Adreno, and, of course, the quad core. Got a lot more horsepower under, under the hood on that device. And the Passport really is kind of standing right now as this device. Most BlackBerry devices that we've seen kind of hit the market almost elapse themselves in a matter of, you know, five to six months. The Z30 did this with, you know, the Z3 where this hardware kind of gets reiterated in so many different ways that it's hard to keep track of what is the flagship, quote-unquote. Do you guys think right now that the flagship is the Passport? Is the flagship the classic? I mean, in terms of numbers sold, you may actually see the classic outselling Passport, at least nowadays, yeah. But what do you guys think? What's the flagship? Is that defined by specifications or is that defined by experience? And maybe in either instance it comes down to Passport, right? I don't know. I think, I think for a lot of users it comes down to the specifications of the device. The higher the hardware, the, you know, the better people look at it. And for me, that's, that, you know, that's Passport. If, if I was building a device for BlackBerry at this point in time, I would set the standard, you know, no less than three gigabytes of RAM at this point in time. But, you know, I'm not the one setting that standard. So hopefully they'll they'll get out of the hardware that they're actually into right now with, like, the BlackBerry Leap and the BlackBerry Classic. And hopefully going forward, they'll, you know, essentially put up that hardware in all of the devices to basically either what the passport is or better so that people can experience it a little bit more because I think at least for now the Passport is one of those flagship devices. It, it is the flagship device for me because it offers essentially the best experience between the BlackBerry 10 native applications and the Android applications. If you go anything lower than what the Passport is then that's you know it's kind of a kind of a sketchy ter territory at that point. So. You're talking about maybe sketchy territory, but will you be picking up a BlackBerry Leap in white? Because I got them all. Want one? I talked about this like on previous upstreams. It's like there's still something about BlackBerry devices that just makes me want to have one. So what about you? Do you think you're gonna pick up a white Leap? Maybe throw one at the CrackBerry fandom? Yeah, absolutely. I'll pick one up. Like I still. Let me. It's so hard. Like we always, we always seem to come back talking about the specs on the Leap and stuff like that recently, because it is the hottest device that BlackBerry has out now. It's like the newest device, so we don't have much choice but to talk about it. But realistically, like I, you know, I was probably a little bit harsh on the Leap when it first came out. I said that you know I don't understand why this device exists, but you know there is a market, there is a spot for it, and you know there's nothing really wrong with the specs. It's a really nice device. And there, there are people out there that will buy it. It's absolutely, absolutely true. And, you know, it, it, where my harshness towards the Leap actually comes from is because I'm a Passport user and I want something a little bit more speedier and then mm -hmm. higher spec, right? But, you know, in no way is the BlackBerry Leap a terrible device. I think there are certain people that will look at it as a terrible device. And those aren't the people that should be picking one up, you know. I think right. that there, there's a market for it. And, you know, there's absolutely nothing really wrong with the BlackBerry Leap at this point. So, yeah, I'll definitely pick up a White Leap just to add it to my collection that I have. Because it, overall, it really is a nice device. And it looks really damn sharp and white, too. I don't, I don't necessarily understand why they went with the black front. But, you know, it... it it sort of uh, sort of looks great that way because, as we know, a lot of people were making their own sort of um, uh, black and white devices back in the day when the Z10 came out. You know, the Oreos and the Stormtrooper devices. So, you know. 
It, seems it, kind of, it kind of harkens back to the it. Z10, you know? It does. You, yeah. You're absolutely right, Chris. Because I mean, the, the white Z10 had a white body, but still had the black digitizer and screen. Yeah, it's like BlackBerry jacked our ideas. They jacked the community <laughs> ideas and made it real. It, it keeps some of the kind of maybe like edge-to-edge edge, like look of the glass. I think that probably helps, too. It just is good contrast. As you said, it's a sexy-looking device. Yeah. With black buttons and the black volume rockers and pause play and all that stuff. All in black, and you have the black screen. What about you, Brandon? What are some of your thoughts on a white leaf? Is that something you might bring to a family member? Like, hey, this is something you should try. I know you mentioned to me earlier about trying to get your mother on a passport. Yep. What are some of your thoughts on the devices? And Okay, let me preface this by saying... When you look at the passport, whenever I show people a passport, it kind of no one no one talks about you know does it have a lot of power? It, can it run apps fine? When people see a passport passport, and when I'm introducing it to people who don't know black about BlackBerry, they're kind of you know in awe with the form factor and the fact that you can use a keyboard and some of the features. Um, now, after discussing that, so, so when people look at a passport, they're looking more at the overall package of, of what it can give you with the keyboard. With the, the Leap, it's a great device. As Blaze said, it's, a, it's an awesome device. It looks really good. It looks sleek. But when it's in a touch form factor, people are looking more towards the performance side of things just because there's so much competition. Whereas with the Passport, there's really no other competition out there, so people are just in awe of it. Whereas when it's a touch device, it doesn't really push the, the boundaries that much in design um, to get people going ooh and ah over it compared to an iPhone or some other devices. Um, so automatically the competition becomes specs. But all that, be, uh, aside from the point, it is definitely a phone I'm eyeing, and I do hope to pick up within the next couple of months, just because I do like uh, touch devices from BlackBerry. I think they've done an awesome job, as we've seen with the Z10 and Z30. And, and up until now, the Z30 has still been my favorite device, um, bar none. Um, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to see them... Uh, see how it is with the Leaf because I can only imagine that they would improve on it even more. And and let's be let's face it, the Leaf does look sexier than the Z30. It does, and, and it's funny because you mentioned the Z30 right as you close, Brandon. And and I'm playing a, a mini violin here with two hands for Alex, who's sitting with his Z30 <laughs> on Verizon, leapless because he he can't even jump to that, can't jump to a passport, can't jump to a Leap. Maybe that slider is what you're actually waiting for. It has and, to be. and maybe BlackBerry's doing you a favor, Alex. They're like, no, no, no. Wait. Yeah. Wait. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of your thoughts, Alex? Would you take a leap form factor over a Z30 right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's also one of those things where I know a lot of us, you know, you get bored with the phone that you have. Um, after two years, and, you know, we're upcoming on the, on the two year mark at least of how long the Z30 has been out and I'm getting kind of bored of it so yeah I would take a leap um, I you know spec wise it's really not too much different technically I should keep my Z30 but I feel like maybe my battery in my Z30 might uh, be starting to go a tiny bit or not be full capacity and I can't go and swap it out so yeah you know what I'll take a leap I, I probably would yeah also I just want to say like there's a lot of people out there that constantly make the comparison between the BlackBerry Leap and the BlackBerry Z30, and they're like, well, why would you buy this when you could buy the BlackBerry Z30 yeah. for this? <laughs> Let's, you know, that's, that, is, that is honestly the situation right now, but that is a very short-term situation. That situation yeah. is going to disappear rather quickly. As we've seen it, the devices are being bought up. Eventually... The Z30 is going to disappear from the BlackBerry website. It's going to disappear from Best Buy and, yep. and Office Depot and whatever else. And then yep. you're, all you're going to be left with is the BlackBerry Leap as a choice. It just and, so happens it's available now. And Blaze, yeah. I think you hit it right on the nail why people are kind of disappointed with the Leap. Because when the Z30 came out, when you compared it to the Z10, people were like, hands down, Z30 is the device I want to get if I have a choice between a Z10 and a Z30. Whereas now, you know, you, you, you still have people who are saying, oh, you know, the Z30 is still a decent device when you look at it all in all and compared to the Leap. I mean, 
the the leap just doesn't really push the envelope that much for people to say, you know, hands down, the leap is that touch device that I want from BlackBerry. Uh, you still got that discrepancy that people see, and it's really just, you know, it, it, it's got a place in the market as we discuss. It's just, I think, from a BlackBerry fanboy perspective, aside from the business aspect of it, I think from a BlackBerry fanboy aspect, um, a lot of us are are disappointed, and I and I don't think it's unfounded, but I don't think we should necessarily be upset with BlackBerry because of it either, though. Yeah, exactly. Definitely a, a business move, right? They have to put these devices out. Fleets need upgrading, and they want an all-touch factor. That's the feedback they get. That's the device they bring to market. It's definitely a necessity, right? We had the, the Z3. We needed an LTE variant. Here it is. It is, in terms, a Z10 successor in, in a couple of ways. Still, that Z30, though, is very nice. We're getting tweets here coming in, like Edwin just posted a Z30, and next to his a white Z30, which is the all-white bezel, <laughs> in, right next to an iPhone in white, and he's like, come on, Brandon, come on. That, that Z30 is pretty awesome. And you're right, you know, BlackBerry devices are just, they're awesome. Each of them has their own unique value, right? The Z30 sleek brings a lot of the passport aesthetic into the all-touch factor, and the Z30 still brings some gentle curves, the nice backing, as well, that full white bezel, a little bit better Adreno, a little bit better screen in terms of the OLED, so you get some battery saving there as well. A little bit bigger battery. I mean, 80 milliamps is 80 milliamps. I'll take it, right? And that's why Alex is holding on to his still. <laughs> but let's talk. Let's move forward, guys, from the Leap conversation because we really have nailed that so hard over the past couple of upstreams. Let's talk about the BlackBerry Classic, available on T-Mobile online and soon in stores. What do you guys think about the kind of rekindling of the relationship in terms of uh, both T-Mobile and BlackBerry? I've heard that the device is actually like totally unbranded. It's just BlackBerry branded. There's no T-Mobile branding, which I think is pretty cool. A nice little hat tip to BlackBerry fans. We're not going to obscure this device with any kind of branding. You just get the classic for what it is. What are some of your thoughts on the uh, recent relationship uh, mending that's been done through John Legere and John Chen? It's nice to see. I mean, the BlackBerry Classic is back on the T-Mobile website. You know, business uh, people can go ahead and order it. Regular consumers can order it. It's actually in stores now. I mean, except for those stores that you know don't or don't have any stock or anything like that. But there are stores out there that it does that it is available in. Um, so you can buy it directly online through the T-Mobile website, or you can head down to a T-Mobile store and pick it up. I thought that the uh, the banter back and forth between the two CEOs was a little bit hilarious and you know a little bit cheesy at the same time. But you know that that comes with the territory. And now there's you know we got John Chen on Twitter, so that's cool. And somebody was saying like, yeah, well T-Mobile has it listed on their website, but it's listed dead last. And I'm like. Who cares where it's listed? At least it's listed at this yeah. point. Like, it doesn't matter. At least, it, at least it's there for somebody. People else. who are going to buy it are looking for it. They're not going to be stumble upon it and be like, ooh, classic, that looks interesting. Let me buy that instead yeah, of the yeah. iPhone. It's not yeah. going to happen like they're that. They're going to go to T-Mobile and they're going to buy a classic. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way it's going to happen, right? Yeah. People, people want these devices too, and that's the thing. There are so many tens of millions of legacy users out there who are still looking for that kind of classic experience. Blaze was talking about the performance between devices earlier, and I thought to myself, when I had, when I was using my classic, I thought, man, a classic with passport specs is actually all I want. Add in a touch-enabled keyboard, and I'm done. If that's what the classic 2 is, I am all about it. Yeah. Maybe a little yeah. bit bigger screen, like 0.2 inches. Like, I'm not talking passport size, like not a full inch, but like just a yeah. little bigger. That would be perfection for me because that trackpad, that tool belt is very nice still. Yeah, and James, I mean, like, considering they did come up with the Passport, uh, I think the Classic was just a little bit too close to the Passport launch, and after they saw the Passport launch, I think it's all but confirmed that the next, uh, that future keyboard devices are going to have touch-enabled yeah. keyboards. I mean, at this point, it, do it doesn't really make sense not to because that's, that's such a key... That's such a key thing that differentiates them from from legacy BlackBerry devices. Um, so not true. just the operating system, but when you look at the keyboard, it just it 
it, it's it's a really sign and a beacon to BlackBerry's innovation. Um, the fact that they can take something old, like a keyboard that everybody considers to be, you know, in the past, but they they actually change it in into something new and fresh uh, that can have it compete even in today's world where we have swipe and other uh, third-party touch-enabled um, keyboards on iPhone that are helping people type faster we see that these touch device uh, these touch-enabled keyboards physical keyboards are really helping to make even physical typing more efficient yeah I, I mean you mentioned the classic you know essentially if you put a touch-enabled keyboard on that it, it's funny though because it's kind of like a redundancy thing but like I guess not but like kind of I would um, love it man just backswiping words real quick like fine <laughs> cursor placement yeah that's true. You know, that, like, actually within the typing, I really can't use something that doesn't swipe back to delete the word. I do it on any phone that I'm on, and, you know, the Passport was great that it had that functionality, and I genuinely did use it a lot when I had it. So, aside from using the keyboard as a trackpad, because in the newest release, for instance, you can kind of do that with the Passport. So, it's like that is kind of redundant if they did that, having a trackpad and the keyboard work that way. But there definitely are other things that um, stop it. I don't. I don't have one. How do I have? One? <laughs> uh, but James, yeah, you mentioned that you know the classic is wanted, and I was working last night or yesterday morning actually, and I got a call from the guy from Craigslist who I sold my 9930 to about a year ago or so. And I was talking to him at that point in time, and I mentioned, you know, keep an eye out for the Classic, because he was a 9650 user, and he just wanted a 9930 for the time being. And I said, you know, watch out for the Classic. Like, this is probably the phone that you're going to want. And he called me yesterday and left a message and said, you know, I was just curious if you had a Classic uh, that I could possibly buy from you. He's essentially looking for a discount Classic, because he's ready to make that jump from legacy 9932 a classic so I you know finally some people are taking their sweet time to get off legacy but some of them are looking for the classic so I definitely do agree they'll come and I think that's kind of like brand what Brandon's article from last week echoed he's like you still have a user base like why don't you market to them like you know yeah passport can bring in new users and bring that ooh factor but like talk to your people like there are millions of people on BBOS like that are just waiting to come to this. They don't even know it because their marketing is so sparse in terms of what's out there. But well, I, this is this could be a long drawn out conversation. We'll yeah. end it here on on that front in terms of classic and T-Mobile. Because there's a lot to be said, right? Even the cheesy photos that they they took, the selfies that they took of their hands oh, on the devices. <laughs> As Blaze said, maybe it's kind of a marketing thing more than anything else, right? They're doing it to pro proliferate the brand. As long as John Chen is actually on Twitter, he seems to be responding. And like actually having conversations with people, that's pretty positive to see. Alex, show us Blend. Or do you want me to pull it up on my end? I, I thought know. you'd never ask. Right. <laughs> this is the latest Blend build, version 1.2 beta 2. This is available in BlackBerry Beta Zone for select users. It's running right now. Alex had mentioned he's on, on the latest OS build as well. Alex, correct us here. You're running this on Z30 for performance measure, correct? Yes, I'm running this on a Z30, and there are is noticeable differences. Wi is it over Wi-Fi, or what kind of connection are we looking at? Yep, it's over Wi-Fi, um, and again, keep in mind that Blend is essentially driving right off of your device, so if you do have a quicker device, the better you know it will get. So if I had a Passport, things would probably load a little bit quicker. Um, James said, you know, it's very smooth, and this is fairly smooth anyway, um, do you want me to just go through a quick overview of, of some of it? Or? Well, here's something I want you to do, Alex, and this okay. is something I found very cool in Blend. I'm going to send you a message. What, what I want you to do is actually hover over the instant action so we can see the instant action. And okay. what I then want you to do is actually go on your mobile device and read the message I send you. Watch how the instant action responds. Okay. I'm going to send a message right now. You'll see it'll come up on Alex's screen at the bottom right corner as it comes in. So if you hover in time, then it shows yo yo yo, or well yo yo. So then I oh and Brandon of course doing this too. So should I read Brandon with his avatar? You just messed it up, Brandon. You got just one of you do it, so I can do what James wants me to do. Just one of you, one of you send me it. Sent another for you. Okay, so I hover over it, and now I'm going to click on my phone to click to read it. 
Yep, and you can go to read it. It's very cool. Oh, Before the avatar loads, right right it'll actually update the instant action. Yep. It'll go from blue to gray and actually update it for you. Very cool that that comes across so easily. And it even shows the delivered. I sent hey for my phone, and it also updated. So that's kind of interesting as well. In action. Absolutely. Very cool how reactive and, it is. And Alex, can you do me a favor and click on that question mark on the bottom left corner of Blend? Oh, yes, I can. Yeah. And there we go. Back to uh, my editorial a few yep. weeks ago. It looks like BlackBerry is 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 adding in some um, some help features, and that actually pops up when you first install. Of yep. course, this is the beta, right? So the the pictures don't don't actually correlate with what the words are saying. But I'm sure in the final release, this will be populated with with um, relevant images, and also um, links you like to user, user guide. guide. Yep. Yep you to the online resources, and that's the thing I was saying is that it's not that they didn't have the resources; it's just that they they weren't the best at getting people to to access those resources. So this is a good example, and and I applaud them um, for this effort. Yeah, absolutely. I was excited when that when the help tutorial came up. I was like, yes! It's like Brandon actually like is gonna love this when it actually comes out. <laughs> Chris, have you gotten an opportunity to test this with a Bez connected, be it personal or otherwise? Uh, no, I actually managed, I meant to set it up this weekend, but then I totally forgot about it. Because they mentioned in the changelog that there was some kind of BlackBerry Intelligent Assistant integrated here within BlackBerry Blend. I, I don't personally see it when yeah. I go through my uses. I don't see that. I imagine it would just be like, an icon here on the left-hand side, maybe a magnifying glass. Yeah. But I don't see it currently in this consumer version, consumer beta of the OS. I wonder maybe if that's something that's Bez enabled, which would be really cool as a, you know, an additive for business users who want to remote search devices. What I really like about Blend, and I think you guys can all agree, is the file manager is very robust. So you see Alex has here Alex PC and then desktop. If he had a Blend-enabled tablet, that would also show up in here. So through your computer, you can use your BlackBerry to access files on your Android tablet all through Blend with no cloud. It's a very, very interesting kind of uh, utility that they've built, and it works across multiple devices. So I could be on my tablet looking th through my BlackBerry to files on my computer and vice versa. Yeah, Once it's Blend connected, it's very robust. Yeah. I, have, I have my device, my media card, my Dropbox, my MacBook, my OneDrive. Uh, my Windows computer, my iPad, and apparently some phone that I totally can't remember what device it actually is, but it's there. So Yeah, they also updated, so they just made it a little bit smoother and slicker, so if I click the uh, options down here, I know it's really not a big deal, but it, it just it slides out really nice. The transitions on it definitely becoming refined. Um, more kind of shows this. Before, it was a pain to to have the remain signed in that didn't even really exist. It would prompt you once. But it just looks nice and clean here. Um, and then actually going to one of the internal pages here, so it defaults to hide this. Um, and then that's how you can quickly switch between it. And it's a fairly easy way to do it. And now this will default out. Um, a lot of the time when you initially opened it up, it was too small where it stayed hidden. But now the default size for Blend, opening it from scratch, is large enough where you can actually see this on the left side here. And again, you can you know, make it smaller or larger just by clicking that. And the conversations definitely load. Like you saw how quick that loaded. Before, you know, in the previous version, it would take some time to load every now and then. This is fairly quick. Um, it's not too, too much to show off, but it's just more refined. Things look nice, and I like this kind of layered approach that they have here. Um, and that's, for the most part, the new blend There's update. There's also a little uh, arrow back and forth at the bottom left next to the, the, the gear, and that actually shows you live file transfers as they're happening, yeah. which is very cool feature. So if you're moving a file from a device through BlackBerry to another device, you can actually see and track the progress there. And as Blaze mentioned... There's really no aggregated way to look at so many different pieces of information. I love the ability that I can leave my micro SD card in my phone yet still access the photos. That's a big thing for me. There's also spell check that's been added in here so you can actually go through and right click on your poorly spelled emails and upgrade uh, some of the text and spelling there. Overall, I, I find the experience has been pretty good. What about you guys? 
There's a transfer. Uh, yeah, that's the file transfer. Correct me if I'm wrong, Alex. Um, I think when the beta notes came out, it said there were some virtual assistance integration or something. Yeah, We're you know, I. Random. We just yeah. discussed this. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying that, and I, I genuinely think they this prematurely guy. say some of this stuff. Um, because I, I might be wrong, but in the previous beta one, they mentioned that there was actionable notifications, and for me at least, they were not actionable. And now in beta two, they said they're actionable notifications, and as you just saw, they're definitely actionable. So I think there might be some confusion about, hey, are we pushing this version live or this version live? Well, here are the changes, and there might be a little, you know, off with that. Definitely, at least we know Assistant is coming. Um, yeah. Which will be cool. Hopefully, it'll just be something here, and if that'll I click re- that and maybe search the entire device, that'll be really useful. Because if you think about it right now, um, maybe I just know, don't know how to use my MacBook that well. But there isn't. It's not really that easy to just ask general questions like, "What was the score of you know the Leafs game or something like that?" Whereas if if you had that virtual assistance uh, integration, you could literally just be like, "What was the score of the Leafs game?" and it'll send you back you know the information just like if you were in uh, on your BlackBerry device. And, and it's interesting, Alex, because the features we're seeing coming in here, some of the features Brandon has mentioned, are things we saw on the BlackBerry support forum in terms of yep. what they were going to do with the Blend Premium, right? Yep, bring exactly. Intelligent assistant, bring in the ability to blend from not only a BlackBerry but to another mobile phone and really kind of extend that Android iOS. Yep. Yep, they're definitely moving along with, with like, we're getting, we had kind of a, a sneak preview of what they do, and, and they're going along with it, so definitely not surprising. Looking forward to see how they're doing, the planning on doing the virtual assistant, though. Should be pretty if cool. you're on an Android or iPad as well, you can now use Blend in portrait mode, which is very, very cool to say the least. And, and you know what? Um, you were talking about, like, a, a Blend premium, and, and based on my experience using Blend, it's, it's actually a really quality piece of software and it's something I really have no problem paying for. Um, when you talk about like BBM pin subscriptions, that you know it's not something that's gonna really get me to pay for it. But when you talk about a quality piece of software like Blend, it's something that yeah. I would gladly pay like a yearly fee for um, as long as they keep adding those features and, and have that quality aspect to it. I yeah I mean but, but, yeah previously previously like I I've loved Blend from the very beginning, but there was there was a lot of issues. And technically, as this is a beta, there's still a lot of issues with the the, the Blend that is available to the majority of people at this point. Um, you know, the Blend that people are out there running, if they're not running the beta, there's a lot of issues with those particular builds. Um, but the new beta shows a lot of promise. It shows that they actually care about the application. It's probably one of the better designed applications to yep. come out of BlackBerry. Absolutely. <laughs> and they're they're you know they're actually listening to the feedback. Like I know for a fact that the file transfer button was one of the things that I complained about in the actual beta because it wasn't clear. They used the same icon for two two different things in there, and yep. yeah, they changed it, right? So in other words, we could say that Blend isn't being BlackBerry expressed. <laughs> exactly. It's not. Uh, it's not being forgot about. It's not. It's not being. But imagine if BlackBerry Express was integrated through a Blend-enabled application to Blend. That would honestly be one of the best things to happen to Blend if they had BlackBerry Express integration. It's if you look like I've said this numerous times, but if you look at the the ratings on BlackBerry World. Everybody's just got awesome things to say about that application, and, and it's very functional as it is currently. It's just got a few things that need to get it there, um, like exporting uh, presentations into a form so that you can use them on other devices. But I think with Blend, what we're going to see is if they have that integration with BlackBerry Express, you're not going to—it's going to really overcome that that need to export your presentation into a different form. You can just pop it up on Blend and be able to present through that. Exactly. I can imagine that's probably the line they'll go through, right? It's interesting if you, I don't know if any of you guys have caught the video I did of 10.3.2, super short video. I show off that now, you know, on Passport you can swipe around the home screen with the actual Passport keyboard, which is fun, right? Almost to classic level as Alex was talking about redundancies earlier. And it does kind of get you pretty close. I'd imagine like some kind of double tap on the Passport keyboard while you're on the home screen could initiate something similar to what the Classic does with that little highlighted icon that just moves around with the trackpad as a cursor. I'd love to see something like that. But anyway, in that video, I also show off the 
Blend application has been updated to, quote unquote, allow Blend connected applications. So we can imagine yep. maybe BlackBerry will open up a store or, or something to allow a bigger plethora of applications to be available through Blend. I mean, Dropbox is already integrated. BlackBerry probably did most of the heavy lifting to make that happen. You can imagine other partnerships, especially for the enterprise, where you can build enterprise services into Blend as part of the subscription. Really kind of increase the value of such an application that works, again, without a VPN, cloudlessly. Yeah. Super cool. And, and, yeah, and even let, like apps like Black or something, you know, Twitter application be within there so we can really replicate the hub on the computer. And uh, Brandon, you mentioned, you know, you, you'd be willing to pay for it, and I completely agree for, you know, added functionality, but let's keep in mind, too, that there's continu uh, continuity for I iOS and Continuum coming for Windows Phone, so they definitely yeah. need a competitor that's free, but there's definitely, like, I'd be willing to pay for a premium, yeah. and I feel like it is it is at a premium level in its current way. Like, definitely. you can strip some of it out, and I will pay for a premium to get it back and more. So I absolutely definitely. Definitely agree. Blend is definitely a value add to the entire BlackBerry 10 operating system, which kind of BlackBerry gets... fans, when you have to pay for Blend, you can thank Brandon and Alex. <laughs> <laughs> they need to have I'm a totally free version of it. it. No, no, they need to have yeah, a free no, version. They, yeah, they, they, yeah. they definitely version. need to have a free version. And even right now, I mean, if you attach, if you attach uh, Blend to an enterprise, you have. There's more things that are get automatically get added to Blend. Yep. Um, there's, there's a browser get, workspace, I believe. Yeah, you get the internet browser, which basically it replicates. Um, I think it replicates Google Chrome as as the actual browser for your internet and uh, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, you know, they're Great. they're definitely going to be adding more to it, and there is going to come a, become a point where, you know, there you're going to be able to pay. Uh, a price to be able to go ahead and get more offerings within BlackBerry Blend as well. Uh, it just depends on, on what portions of it actually remain free. And I think, I think what we're looking at right now that we all have become accustomed to knowing as BlackBerry Blend will be the free option. Hopefully, anyways. This, I hope this is like, timed message and retractions all over again, Chris. Yeah, I, 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 hope, I hope they don't like take away BBM or something like that and tell me <laughs> I need to pay five bucks for BBMs or Blend because that would terribly <laughs> suck. But <laughs> I'd so pay for that though. Yeah, I'm just gonna stop. I'm just gonna stop. This feedback is not needed. <laughs> let's, not, let's not give them ideas about what we would and wouldn't pay for. <laughs> right. Yeah, they can do that on their own. <laughs> Blackberry, though, please. Uh, Check try out Blend on a high resolution monitor, and it's it's very small. It's unusable on a laptop that has a high resolution display. Uh, they didn't scale it properly, so please look into that because I can't even use Blend on my laptop. Everything's like that big. It's <laughs> you're right. I'm, I'm looking at mine, and everything is kind of small. Like no human can actually read that, but I can. And yeah. Alex, Alex, and you're playing with Blend. Have you found that there's any uh, keyboard shortcuts to do anything? Uh, oh, I've been playing around with it a bit, and I haven't actually found any keyboard shortcuts. And I mean, that'd be a nice homage to you know BlackBerry's legacy. You know, having those keyboard shortcuts on your desktop so that you can just shift in and out between accounts and, and blend to make it that even, much quicker. Even regular computer-based shortcuts don't work, like copy and paste don't work or anything like that, which yeah. I found really disturbing. Huh. That's very interesting, Blaze. That that's not something already built in. Like yeah, I mean, you, would, the you would system. think that it would be, but it's not. Control C, it's Control V. Yeah, it doesn't work on Mac, anyways. Oh well, yeah. Control C, Control V. One thing I don't like, though, you can't. So if I click, um, if I go back, I have to back out and then go right back in. Yeah. Works on Windows. So right here, this well, you I'm not assume going back to Windows. So. <laughs> not for that. <laughs> You'd assume this is clickable area though to enter a message, but it's not. So like this, like above, you have to click here for it to start typing. But so many times I've clicked, and this feels like it's clickable area, and I start typing. That worked for out of magic. I swear that doesn't normally work because it doesn't. But uh, you get my point. That's not clickable area to actually get the cursor in there. But I, you know, I, I quit. I'm done. It worked. Of course, it works. So <laughs> I, think, I think I'm just being picky at this point. So let's just stop with this. 
Everyone who was looking, I want you to like pause the video, scroll back <laughs> for a second, and look at Alex's desktop and look at the two selfies he has on the top left of his desktop. <laughs> then oh send him angry tweets about how you feel about that because <laughs> their first I, I, I have to access them frequently for LinkedIn and my other social networks. Frequently. <laughs> More than you'd expect. I have I I don't know. He's and keeping his Tinder profile up to date with the latest selfies. <laughs> I mean, if it was November and you were doing Movember, I mean, I could understand, but, you know. Maybe I like looking at myself. Can you just cut me some slack? Wasn't there, like, a report a few days ago that, like, 50% or 67% of males take more selfies than they ever did or something like that? I don't know. I, girls take a lot of selfies though, and it's okay. When men take selfies, they get like laughed at for some reason. Like James, <laughs> just, James just did. Yeah. I think it's because guys just like extremely dumb taking selfies. You know, yeah. like, girls so can look good, but you know, every time I've tried taking a selfie, I'm like, <laughs> just purge, just purge that image out of my memory. Uh, I think we're getting a little off topic. Well, I think we're, I think this, we're probably done then, right? We started this. We started upstream talking about Gotham. What are you talking about topic? This is. <laughs> This is the blandest week. No, but we have... I don't know if you guys have seen this button here. We've got some uh, some buttons we're going to be giving away on the site. Today. Maybe a couple or a few passports. That might happen, too. I'm deciding on whether whether Team BlackBerry is worth it or not. Hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go out to Team iPhone and be like, hmm, I challenge you to leave iPhone. No, we'll see what we're going to do with those devices. And uh, It's crazy, guys. Barry Flow, two years old. Two days ago on the uh, on the fifteenth, I was gonna do a post about it, but I had nothing to say. Like I had nothing to show for it yet. So <laughs> hopefully, uh, maybe you'll visit Berry Flow sometime soon, and you'll see some new. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What do you mean you have nothing to show for it? I mean, you have an awesome podcast that's doing it with Crackberry uh, together. You have an awesome website. You have an awesome group of uh, people who follow your website. So don't say you don't have anything to show for it, buddy. I don't know, man. Some I of those agree. some of those fans are just like. I don't know what I'm going to do with you. I don't know what I'm going to do with you. Sometimes so it's hard to nice choose your own horn, though. Like angry tweets. No one likes those. That's how you get muted. Permanent. <laughs> <to> black. <laughs> no, but uh, it's been a great podcast, guys. I always appreciate having you guys on. Your insight is so tremendous because you come in it from so many different angles in terms of your BlackBerry perspective. Chris, this guy's a legend. I mean, having him on here, it really just is such a wealth of uh, knowledge and opportunity. Having to deal with the majority of the community on a daily basis, he just brings so much to the table. Brandon as well with his applications. Penguins, pending an update, guys, I swear it's coming soon. <laughs> it's going to bring Apple Watch integration or something crazy like that. <laughs> and uh, Alex, I've said this since like episode James, number 30. Can like, we just get your update for, for, for web design changes? Someone just reached out to me, actually, and apparently the About page is a little screwed up for Z10. I just got back in town though, so I gotta test it to make sure. Um, but yeah, I gotta. So an update is that. coming. Maybe. It's my favorite app, dude. Like I love like hooking it up by HDMI. You've never or looked at. You've never no, looked at that. No, like Miracast HDMI out using your web editor and horizontal on another screen is awesome, dude. You you are a good developer, sir. Keep that yeah. up. You need to yell at Jeremy, though, because the BlackBerry Leap isn't in Mocket. Where is he? <laughs> it's sad because I sent him, like, mocks, like, HQ mocks. I'm like, bro, here it is early. He still didn't put it in. I don't know. What a guy. What is Jeremy doing? I think he's having, a, like, a child or something. I think he has a kid, maybe, yeah. That could be That's it. no damn excuse, okay? <laughs> I got, like, three of them. <laughs> Blaze is like, but I need market now. Right? BlackBerry Leap needs to be put into market, and there needs to be new memes in there too. What the hell, bro? Yeah, it's missing uh, the seal one, the awkward seal one. Like, there's awkward penguin, but now the big thing on Reddit is awkward seal. Oh, it looks man. like a scared seal. Yeah. It's missing Kermit sipping tea too, isn't it? I'm pretty sure. Yes. Yeah, that one needs to be. I need that one. The, the, the thing is, like, Bra uh, not Brandon, Jeremy built in make custom meme for this very reason. So <laughs> yeah. he can't complain about it, right? He's already looked ahead, like, nah, we're good. We're good till, like, a, the next major update. Yeah. You jerks just use it the way that it's supposed to be used. <laughs> That's a jerk. Jeremy's watching right now, like, these guys. I'm still not going to push an update. <laughs> 
Anyway, guys, thank you very much for coming on. We have Berry Flow Downstream, which will be a quasi-drinking game as we look back at a year on BlackBerry News. That'll be episode 52. We just closed episode 58, so we do look forward to seeing you there on that particular episode because it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be... Maybe, maybe Alex, maybe we'll finally have a group chat on the actual... <laughs> maybe finally we'll have what you've been dying for for the past, like, half a year. Please. <laughs> that'd, be Please. So, that'd be so funny. So many typos. Good thing blend automatically correct. I, I can just imagine someone going on a on a drunken like rant about like someone's comment and then someone's like, uh, yeah, that's not what it said and they like <laughs> No, like legitimately I'm at the bar on the other night and I go to pay my bill, it's like twelve dollars, right? I have like four beers <laughs> and I type I write an eight dollar tip. But then I put the total as thirteen dollars. I'm telling tell the bartender like that's an that's a two dollar beer tip. Like I'm like done, right? And she's like, yeah, okay. Just signs off on it. I'm like, oh god, that was awful. That's well, how the downstream is gonna be, but better. Forward to it. <laughs> We're gonna have to like rehearse, guys, just so we can stay cohesive until the end. <laughs> Anyway, guys, really ha appreciate having you guys on. We'll see you next Sunday for Brandon's Club Show number 49. Take care, guys. Cheers. Later. Cheers.